What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, number 1201. Matt Robinson over here. Chris Hoffley across the table today. What's happening, man? Oh, well, now I'm kind of pissed that I wasn't here for 1200. Yeah, you were never going to get the invite for that. We invited you once for episode 1000. You're like, no, I'm going to take a vacation. Was I on vacation or was I sick? I feel like I got COVID no, no, around no. that you, time too. You got COVID uh, during the uh, the Brew Marsh Awards. Oh yes, which that's I right. Yeah, you're supposed right. to do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I went somewhere just... southern yeah. to a beach instead of. That was the one it where I sent you, I sent you a congratulatory audio file, but never said my name yeah, on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Chris, I remember that one. Chris participates well in class, but does not follow instructions. No. <laughs> anyway, I'm great. Great to be back. Yeah, taking runs with each other already. <laughs> uh, we're on social media at Talking Audio. Give us a follow there. He is on uh, well, at least sometimes on Twitter at uh, Chris Hoffley on Instagram at uh, Hoff on Sports. Are you in any of the new places? Are you a Blue Sky guy? A Threads? You know what? Guy? I was gonna. I'm on Threads. I don't look at it because it's. I, I just don't like the. I don't either interface. It's, of it and everyone rushed there on like the first night that remember like it became this thing like oh my god everybody's going to threads let's go to threads and then I don't know that I've yeah I also get peer pressured easily so I did it but I I, I signed up for Blue Sky got on the waiting list but then never got a thing so I know other people have codes now so I'm willing to check it out because X is an it's unmitigated fucking cesspool worse than it was before somehow yeah uh, I'll hook you up with an invite. It's a very exclusive like club. You can have a great take on Twitter now, and someone on the first replies should be like, you can go straight to hell. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You Nazi. You're like, oh. Even right. my mom will comment. She's like, man, some people say some really stupid shit to you on Twitter. I don't like that. Your mom like, on well, Twitter? She she has one. She doesn't use it. I don't she like just my mom likes on to Twitter. keep track of what we're <laughs> like, what I'm doing, I'm pretty sure. I don't want my mom to go on Twitter. It's She's going to see a part of the world. I just don't want her to see it. It's a dark, <laughs> it's, it's scary place. It's not place. a good place. Right. Uh, we don't want to go too far before we get into the beers. So what did you go with there? Well, I don't have a can opening noise for you right now because we started before we started it's, taping it's this. True, but yeah. um, I'm starting with a, it's one of my favorites, actually. The Nickelbrook Wicked Awesome New England Style IPA, nice. which I assume was named after me. Oh. There's some, you Perhaps. know. Perhaps. Not everyone agrees, but it's <laughs> it's a delicious, a little stronger, a little 6, 6.5-er, but yep. uh, goes down smooth. Lever Sage would hate it. <laughs> Because it tastes like beer. It tastes like beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like like the Lee drive-by. That works. That's, yeah. Well, uh, I told you I was going to get on here and just start slinging them at Lee right after that. 12, six elbows on the side. Right. Um, over here, uh, back to one of my favorite breweries in the city, the Vimy Brewing Company. This is their Northeast IPA, New England IPA. Why do I always do that? It's I just see N-E and I can't yeah. not... I mean, New England is in the Northeast. Yeah, you're fine. So it's not crazy. Just, but drink, it is a just New drink your England. beer. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, <laughs> clearly need another one. There. Uh, it's a New England IPA from the Vimy Brewing Company. Love those guys. They make nice stuff. And uh, and this one... Um, We're both going with the New England style yep. IPA today. Or the Northeast style. Look at us. Yeah. I do have a, uh, a can a opening one. sound effect. And so, uh, oh yeah, that's nice to start. That's uh, that's good. How you been, man? It's been a while since you've been in studio. I guess it's a couple months now. I think it was maybe just before Labor Day or something. You were in here. Or something yeah, like that. I've, I've been good. Yeah. It's uh, you know crazy, difficult end of the Red Black season. Yeah, getting going for with a the lot si- of us. Getting going with the sixty sevens, and we had that kind of couple months where they both overlap, which makes myself and Brandon Mackey super perky because. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot, it's a lot going on at the same time. But it's yeah, it's I mean it's an awesome gig. So right. It's, you know, tough slog with the football. 67s are doing awesome right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. I work in sports, man. Usually it's pretty good. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're going to get to some of the parts that weren't so yes, good. Yes, please. Uh, in, in a little while. I'm curious, though. Um, do you step away after the season, or did you uh, did you take in those East and West finals on Saturday? Oh, the- I watched them for yeah. sure. I can't not. What do you love- think? 
man, I love it. Like, I don't really have, like, uh, like honest to, like, on full honesty, I don't really care about any other team in the CFL other than my guys. Sure. Um, so I don't have a, you know, I really want these guys to lose, I really want them to win, except Sask, after what happened to Masoli last year, right. I want them to lose all the time. For sure. Uh, sorry, Riders fans, you guys have some <laughs> awesome folks out there, but <laughs> still a little sour. Um <laughs> But, things haven't been great ever I, since I, that I, moment, so. I love a good un, like a good underdog, underdog story especially yeah. when a team like the Owls are playing against you know the Toronto team that won 16 games this year um stunning it, I, I loved it like it was a I, I mean it was crazy I, Toronto didn't love it but no. you know how I feel about anything about <laughs> Toronto, Toronto? So. yeah um no it was cool to see uh you know a guy like Fajardo and uh Jason Moss who both you know had been canned in their last jobs are sent back and elsewhere and coming back and just you know getting it done and going to the great cup and montreal i always got a soft spot for montreal so that's like a disaster for the market though right they get to 25 26 000 yeah, that's the tenants they've had since at they, bmo I'd been at bmo yeah and it's just an unmitigated disaster it, everything it, that it could changed go on, so dude. dramatically because they had that first drive where Toronto just like carved Montreal's defense, yep. like they just marched up the field like it was nothing. Yeah, and you just looked like here we and, go. Right? And then <laughs> and then Kelly throws that pick six, yeah. and it's all of a sudden you're like, ooh, this could be not exactly what we were thinking about <laughs> no, how exactly. this game was going to go. So yeah, it was fun. And well, I think I, Montreal only put up two offensive touchdowns in a whatever they got thirty two. Uh, what was the final thirty two seventeen? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and you're like, so there's a uh, four. Um, interceptions. Two of them returned for touchdowns. You got the kickoff return. Yeah. You got the fu- like. It was yeah. And typically, if you win the turnover battle in a game like that, you're going to win the game. And they did. It doesn't always happen, but they did in this one. Nine you know, turnovers. Just man, damn. Just... And then the other one, like Winnipeg, I was, I was pretty confident Winnipeg was going to take that one. Yeah. Um, with BC and like again, I love BC. I love Rick Campbell. He I've worked with him for a long time when he was a coach here. Uh, great dude and great coach. So always like to see him do well. But it was you know if VA is on. Mm-hmm. And slinging the ball, they have a great chance. But yeah. Winnipeg is a friggin' good team. And yeah, fourth straight trip to the, the Great Cup. Yeah, for that's them. On, again, and Caleros Only is another guy who, like, yeah. a few years ago, everyone thought he was done, had some injuries. Yeah. Washed up old dude, and now he's going to start his fourth Great Cup. So good on him. Nice guy, good player. So I love it. And I'll watch the Great Cup next week. Yeah. Um, it's so, like, there's no stress for me. So it's like sure. I can watch a football game and just see what happens. Hope it's a. You Hope it's a, a battle. Got a prediction for us? I'm going to take the Owls. Really? Yeah. They're going to stay hot. Yeah. Winnipeg is too. I mean, that's the obvious choice, right? But sure. Um, I don't know. The Alouettes have something, especially late in the season and into the playoffs. They found a gear that seemed things seem to be clicking. Yep. And there's some you know former players on that team that I really like and that I've I've worked with. So I'd like to like to see them get one. I expected BC to take a bigger step back with Nathan Rourke leaving and, and whatever. Like, they were full value for what they did. As you said, Montreal, their whole offseason was a mess, right? Ownership questions, who's running this thing. Yeah. And they managed to make some moves throughout the season and continue to get better and better. So they're full value to have gotten there. And I, I like, just... And I, as you know, before I moved here to Ottawa around the same time the Red Blacks were getting up and going, I was an Argos fan growing up. And, and I've seen, like, I've been to East Finals in at the dome where they'd get 45,000 people, right? Like there was a time, not for every game, certainly you'd sit there and you'd be watching a 15,000, uh, attended game in the dome on a Thursday night. And you're like, this stinks, right? Like it's, it's, it wasn't a good place to play, but this was a bummer to me because 
I wasn't necessarily cheering for the Argos, but I thought this would be such a shot in the arm if they came out and if they dominated, especially that many people in the stands, it's already, even when they did struggle with attendance, it's a pretty loud place to play. Like they, it they is, yeah. it's a good crowd. And so I really wanted them to like hook a couple of people who maybe walked out of there going, maybe we'll grab some season tickets next year or even just a couple of games or something. Like it's, when I you, think, I think they probably did anyway. Like yeah. you get that many, like, even though it's not the result that Toronto fans want, you get that many people into a game, you're going to have a bunch of people that have never been to one as sure. part of that group. And there's going to be at least some of those that were like, this is cool. But they didn't just lose right in a thriller. No, they, they, they got, got smashed. They got smashed yeah. right in the mouth. But yeah. like you can have a good football experience anywhere in the league. Yeah with a shitty game sometimes and like it'll win it will win people over but yeah no as someone who loves the CFL as a whole and wants it to grow more and continue being a you know what it is I want you know yeah you want to see the big crowds you want to see big happy fans going home (laughs) and um in any market mine particularly but yeah yeah so but I also love a unexpected no, for sure. Like as far as time. a playoff game goes, a, a story being told, that was cool to see Montreal jump up and bite the big dog on the ass like that. But the circumstances, maybe as far as health of the league, you kind of go, ah, it's a I little know, bit of a bummer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's hard to separate one from the other, I guess. But um, I'm and here- turns out the Alouettes don't give a shit they about how many fans they are in really for that not. game. No. So <laughs> it did not appear to matter to them very much. So. Uh, I'm curious, I, 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 there was a time earlier on I was sort of thinking about maybe trying to make a trip down there with my buddy or whatever. What do you think Hamilton will be like as a Grey Cup city? I think it'll do a really good job. Yeah. I think you can see, I'm not going, I was thinking about it, just, you know, work's busy, getting a yep. little break after the our own season, and so I'm going to, you know, watch it somewhere comfy and not in late November <laughs> outdoor <laughs> weather. That, but yeah. no, I think they'll, and, and you've seen it with like the acts they've announced and br- like the music acts yep. that are coming for the festival and the game itself. Like they got some big, big names. Green Day. Green Day, man. I yeah. love Green Day. I do too. Not at, you know, Carrie Underwood's not my necessarily my style of music, it's but that's a, a name. huge name to 100%. bring in that people are going to, people are going to love. So I think they're. It was the same when they had Keith Urban a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's not my style of music, but that's a big, No, you're going to draw people name. in. You see any of those kinds of acts live in a place like that, you're going to have a good time anyway. Sure. So yeah. you're going to, so no, I think it's, I think it's going to, like Grey Cup is always yeah. so much fun. I've been to three. Right. Twice that we were in, once that we hosted. Yep. And it's just a, blast like you just yeah, everyone is obs- as obsessed with this game and the league as we the rest of us are and everyone just you know you go to other teams parties you sure you meet a lot of people that you, you yeah know, went to ride that on here, twitter that awesome. yeah it's great all these things right it was incredible everyone's got their their own spin on stuff so yeah. obviously you want to be in the game yeah but it's a you'd be hard-pressed to find a bad experience at a great cup sure. i think if you're if you're a cfl fan and just you know like to have a have a Addle beverage or two, watch some watch some sports, <laughs> mingle with other people that are yeah. as mad about Canadian football as we are. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a cool experience. I think Hamilton will do a great job. So mad about football and being mad about football. Let's move over to the Red Blacks here. I'm curious as the season wrapped up. Obviously, can I just light a cigarette here? Well, I'm not, I'm not. I don't actually. Whatever you need would to do, do that man. here, but no. The uh, the Red Black season uh, did not go particularly well. Is how we'll frame it. And towards the end, you were seeing fans, at least on my Twitter timeline, and maybe it's Elon's new algorithm, that uh, seemed angrier than in past years. And I guess that's to be expected when, you know, we're, you, you stack another losing season on top of another and another, and we sort of get to this point. I'm curious what your takeaway 
you know, before we get into a couple of specifics, the fans that you hear from online or when you're talking to people in person, like, is is have you ever seen this fan base this frustrated before? No, they're they're because pe- you're out on the head of the sword, right? You're one of those people who's a public facing figure, and your job is to no, it's the media, but it's sometimes they're carrying the message no, it's, it's, of the it, fans. You know, it's, it's PR in general. So yeah, you talk about public relations that includes a lot of fan, hundred percent interactions. I I love our fans. Of I course. know so many. I've been here long enough that I know a lot, like tons of them, and you know they're pissed and like fair enough, right? Like we're pissed, like we're frustrated. This was you know this season did not go how it was supposed to by a long shot, no. and you know not for me to say why. It's there's always a bunch of different factors, sure. but yeah, it's it's frustrating as hell, and it's anyone in the organization is frustrated and not happy and knows it's not good enough right um so yeah like we have you know fans are angry and like that doesn't offend me i just i like i would be too if i was i was in their position so you can't say much yep. right now other than you know got a really good group of people running the football show over there that know what they're doing and we just you know going back to the drawing board a little and got to make some got to make some changes in different spots and got to do you know the biggest thing was we never were able to get all three phases of the game going this year for whatever reason. We have a great special teams. We have an offense that was granted dealt with some injuries and had mm-hmm. some weird stuff going on there and a defense that was solid, but they were never, you know, one was having a great game. The other ones weren't clicking in quite the way it's gone sometimes in the past. So, right. um, it's funny when you look at something like this, it's hard for fans to, and maybe it's not their responsibility to, but like it is totally reasonable that if you had said to any fan of any football team, hey, by like week five, you're going to be running your fourth string quarterback for the rest of the year. Yeah, you no, go, you're... okay, our season's probably not going to go that, very good. That, right? almost, that doesn't happen. And it's one of those things that. So, but to finish my point before I let you. <laughs> before PR I just start into, talking. Yeah, again, exactly. Uh, so I think if you say that to any football fan, they go, okay, this is probably not going to be our year, right? If we're starting from that position. But at the same time, like you would understand that as a fan, you would say that's legitimate. I understand the context of the conversation and, and what's about to happen here performance wise at the same time as a fan. Okay. But there was last year and the year before and the year before, like at some point as a fan, you stop caring what the reason is. I'm just tired of paying to watch people lose right in the stadium or, or whatever is like how much when you're trying to talk to fans or, or the media, like, how much is it your responsibility and your job to try and keep people's mind on the context of it? Or do you just understand that, no, fans are emotional. That's They don't really care what the circumstances are. They want wins. Do you yeah, know what I'm asking no, you? No, right? like, yeah, for sure. And yeah. uh, when I talk to fans, and even with the media, I, 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 I'm not an excuse guy. The yeah. team, I, yeah, like you don't expect to have your fourth-string quarterback no. being your starter for the whole season. But you... You're right. Like at a certain point, you just like it's have a legitimate to... point. But at the same time, as a fan, I don't care. No, and I, I don't, don't care that it's. And not I wouldn't fair, expect so. it. And yeah. we don't to it. Like we want to win regardless. Like sure. it's not like oh, the, you know, we've got a guy in that's you know he's young and he's new to the league. Yeah. So like let's just see what happens. No, like you still want to win games. Right. They're still professional athletes, and and I mean Dustin Crumb's progression in the season was sure. unbelievable. But like for sure. But again, if that doesn't translate to wins, I can't expect the fans to come over to me and be like, well, it's prog- like, you know, you made a lot of strides. You still didn't win enough games. You'll, but you'll so, love this example because no, I know just, how much you love the Leafs. It's not Mitch Marner's fault the Leafs haven't won since 67. It's Mitch Marner's fault they didn't win this year, or at least partially, right? But at, as yeah. a fan, 
I, I, I don't care. Just nope. somebody fucking win. Right? And, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't, and I, you know, again, like talking to, I love any interactions with fans usually are, are great and they're, yeah, they, of but, course. They're, but they say it's the same thing. It's like, man, we know like weird things happen, but yep. weird it's things hard. happen to every team. Yep. And we've had some particularly bizarre luck with injuries, especially at the yeah. quarterback position in yeah. the last couple of years. And you can't plan for that. Nope. That's not a lack of preparation. It's not a. No, nobody's got four top end quarterbacks hanging and, around. You know, one dirty play from a guy that's yep. never going to be in the league again. And then, um, you know, I'm just Masoli this year, I was just devastated for yeah, him because he was brutal. just like. Was brutal. How's he doing? Can you give us an update? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw him at the end of the season, like he's, you know, he's walking around. He's, I think he said at the end of the season when he was doing media that he's probably a little bit ahead of schedule okay. in terms of his recovery. Um, Achilles injuries are not a lot of fun. No. Um, but he's, you know, if you watched him walking down the, walking down the hallway at the stadium, you probably wouldn't notice that there was, okay. had been anything going on. So he's, you know, he's a, Friggin' baller, and he's a pro, and he's so intense about how much he loves this game that, um, you, you know, he doesn't want to go out this way. So, no, um, yeah, so he's working his ass off to to be there, and he's been around the whole time since he's been hurt. His family's still been around. He's in the room with the guys. Um, I, like, it's, you can't describe how much of an like how much help it is for a guy like Dustin Crum to have a guy like Masoli in the room with him, even when Masoli's not playing, just to have meetings to talk about the game. To, sure. That's, you know, that's like having a superstar teacher who can just kind of take you through everything. And he's solely on the sidelines for games, always plugged into the headset. So he was very much part of the part of the operation after he got hurt. But it just it sucked. Like just that was that game, seeing him go down like that. And I've been around this league long enough that I knew exactly what what it was when it happened. And you're just it's just like getting punched. In the well, those stomach. non-contact injuries where you see him get up and just go down yeah. again. You're like, that's yeah, not going to be that's, good. Yeah. Like, so that was, and you know, Tyree Adams, another good young quarterback, yeah. pops his ACL or like just, you don't, ex- sometimes you just get unlucky and you can't make excuses for it, but uh, it, it happens and you, you still have to figure out a way to go out there and be competitive and win games. And right. we just weren't able to do that enough this year. So there's the there's a lot of good pieces on this team, but mm-hmm. there's there's things to be done and tweaks to be made, and that's yeah, it's going to be an important way above my pay grade. But sure. the guys are working hard. I mean, Bob and Sean Burke are in the office still. Like they're work, they're just it's a never ending stream of postseason stuff for them, and the off season work is starting really quick too. So there's you know lots of work to be done, lots yeah. of things to come. So let me ask you to to take me inside your job specifically, because as you just said. You're you're not the one out there who's going to make the signings and, and make the trades. Thank God, it is important that everyone understands yeah. this is not Hoffley <laughs> doing that. Uh, but your job is going to be to communicate with the market, with the fans, with the media, and you got to know. I'm sure on certain days when something happens, you wake up to an email that says, "Hey, this just happened. <sighs> My day is going to be a long one," or something yep. like that. So I'm curious, and again. I don't want you to talk about whether or not it was the right or the wrong move, but take me inside the day that you find out for sure that Bob Dice is returning as head coach, because that was a, 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 a debate point for a lot of fans sure. online, right? Yeah. That, um, well, he hasn't been around very long. He lost his starting quarterback. Like maybe this isn't totally, uh, his fault and he should be back. There are other fans who, you know, saw some things this year they didn't like, and fans are just emotional in general and wanted him gone because I want, I just want heads to roll, whatever it might be. When you get that notice you know you're stepping out to run a press conference or put out a release or whatever on something that is going to split 
the fans, right? This is going to be not everybody's cup of tea. Some people will be up. How do you prepare for a day like that? Do you handle it any differently when you know this to a certain percentage of people is going to be unpopular? No, I don't think I handle it differently just because I I knew obviously a little bit before we announced sure. it that he was that he was going to that Bob would be back and I was like no part of me was surprised and right. I'm very happy about it. Like Bob, I you know, that Bob's not new. No. Like he's been around. He's I have all the respect in the world for him as a coach and a guy. He's just he's great dude and, yeah um except when he scares me because when he's you know we're both grumpy and he, <laughs> i'm walking towards him and he knows media stuff's happening and he's not so that that's just working with with people in sports in general but bob's yeah. i just you know I, I love bob and um so i wasn't surprised i figured that would be the case mm-hmm. and um so basically yeah we just we I had a, you know sat down for a chat with him and sean burke and we kind of hashed out you know how I saw it playing out. We didn't put out a press release. We had a scrum, like a media scrum at the end of the season because we do our regular locker cleanout day right. where they, and so it's like, you know, it was like the first question. Actually, it might have ended up being like the second or third question, but it was straight up. One of the one of the reporters is Bob back next year and yeah. Sean, you know, at 100%, absolutely. And it was kind of as simple as that. We knew we were going to get some heat for it because sure. in any pro sport, if the team doesn't win, the head coach is like the yeah. old the old expression, like you can't fire the whole team. <laughs> so you can't, you know. So yeah, the, the head coach is always going to be a lightning rod for that, and the GM, and they both know that. Yep. Working with guys who have been working football for so long makes it so much easier for me because it hasn't been my whole life, but they are so aware and in tune with how things are going to play and what the commentary is going to be. And Sean worked in my world before he kind of moved into football yeah. ops and stuff. So there's a very easy understanding about what we want the messaging to be and how we think it's going to go. And some of it's just like, yeah, you know, not everyone, you're never going to make everyone happy. Um, and, but you also need a good experienced coach behind the bench. That's respected by people in the league and his players and his fellow coaches. And we unequivocally have that with Bob Dice. And so I think it's the right call. I would put money on the fact that this team's going to be better next year. And Bob's going to be the one to, to kind of shepherd us through that. So it was, it wasn't a tough, you know, wasn't a complicated thing. We just, you know, this is what's happening. I'm not going yeah. around in circles talking. It's like, this is what's happening. Ask your questions. Bob, answer them honestly and, you know, away we go. Uh, it was around the same time, maybe a day or two later, that uh, Sean Burke was on TSN 1200 with AJ Jackie Beck. And uh, AJ spent the first half of that interview um, asking Sean his own questions. And then the second half was opened up to fans. And fans can be unpredictable fans can uh fans can passionate is a good word for it yeah thoughts you're right with thoughts and i'm curious uh, when sean comes in to do something like that with somebody like aj who's called a lot of games aj and sean would know each other very well yeah you know how that interview is gonna go aj's gonna ask his questions he's gonna do and i thought sean did a pretty good job of standing in there and not trying to be too evasive, right? He, he answered what he could, and there's some things that no GM is going to answer. And Sometimes so, you just can't answer. Like, sure. It's just, you, so the second half rolls around, and I'll be honest with you, I was uncomfortable at times listening to it because sometimes it seemed like some of these fans had called in with no question for Sean Burke. Just, I want, want Sean to, to rant. I wanted Sean to hear what I got to say about what just happened. Do you, as the PR guy, 
in a situation like that, do you give him any advice before he shows up and tell him, like, you should expect to be asked about this? Um, maybe don't mention that. I know mean, oh, he's the one running the football operations, but you can bring a media perspective to it. Um, you know, do you give him any advice on how to handle a call in from a fan as opposed to a, an actual question from an interview or anything like For that? For sure. I, like, I mean, we've dealt like another great thing about Berkey is that we just have a, like the communication is so good between us. And so we've done this a few times and we, we talk about, you know, interview prep and expect like ex- questions you can expect all the time. This one was, I, I, I fucking loved it. Like, I think the fact that you have a GM. I love the first half hour. I think, yeah, no, the second <laughs> half hour is like getting your teeth pulled without yeah. anesthetic, but yeah. you're, it's so great to have a GM that's willing to go on there mm-hmm. and take those lumps. Yep. And he was all into it. Like when AJ pitched the idea, we were all, you know, I, I mean, I think initially I was like, oh, <laughs> open, the, open the phone lines. But I think it's great. I think you have to do it because sure. even if AJ asks the hardest questions that he can, there's still going to be fans who are like, you're the, you know, you're the media guy. Yeah. Like we want to air our shit out. Sure. And we've done it before. Like it's not Berkey's first time either. Like we've had quarterback clubs where he's been there and, yep. you know, he give the fans the mic and it's like away we go. And <laughs> um, so yeah, sometimes they ask great questions. Sometimes they just want to make a point. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Sean handled himself really well in that too. Yeah. There he were did. a few moments where I was sitting there being like kind of gnawing on my, on my fingernails, but <laughs> I think, and I texted my, you know, a couple people in our, in our company and in the football ops world. And she's like, that was amazing. Like he just, he, he got a little, you know, he handled he, himself he's not well. to get a little punchy. He's not going to get, like, he's not going to get rolled <laughs> over by people, but he will answer questions that the ones that he can, he'll answer straight up Yeah, and he'll do it. He'll sit there and, and, and take it. And that's what makes him such a, in my experience, a unique general manager that he's just open to it. And he knows what the fans are going to like, again, like he's been in this world and he's done the media yes, thing. Like he just, some of it, you just, yeah, he just expects and he, and he got in there and didn't dodge stuff and mm-hmm. answered again, what he, what he could, like, you're not going to be like, well, what player are you going to go sign in the right. agency? Like, it's just not realistic, but, um, yeah, I thought he did great. And those ones always worry me a little bit as a PR <laughs> guy with anybody, like any spokesperson, but, um, yeah, no, he handled it really well, and I love that openness from him. And I think we, I, I, I want to do more of that. I just think there's, you know, accountability from any team when people are spending money to go to watch you. I think sure. you, you know, fans, you know, especially season ticket holders have the right to want to quiz the people in charge <laughs> of this whole thing. And that, like, let's do it. Like, no issue with it. I will do it more. And um, yeah, the people that you know, when I work with people like that, that just kind of get it. It makes it easier and less stressful on me, which I always appreciate. Sure. And um, yeah, it just it's an openness that you don't see everywhere in pro sports. And I think it's it's refreshing. Uh, so what is next for you? I know we'll, uh, after the Grey Cup. Naps. Yeah, okay. <laughs> after those. <laughs> what what comes next on your calendar for the Red Blacks? I know at some point here after the Grey Cup, we'll see free agency open, then we'll move through to the draft and these sorts of things. But what will be the next, uh, what will the next couple of weeks or months look like for you? around the Red Blacks, obviously the 67. Yeah, I mean, we're like kind of full go on the, on the hockey right now. Uh, the, the women's hockey team, the PWHL team and league is starting up soon. Uh, they're This week, their training camp starting and then they'll be playing out of Ottawa. We'll be playing out of TD Place going into the new year. And so that'll, we're not directly, as it's, we don't own the team, so, right. but there's, you know, we have the building, so there's always something going on and that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, getting the, with the football, you're going to get into... Um, you know, guys re-signing, like your current pending free agents re-signing, then you'll get to CFL free agency will open up and 
then all of a sudden you'll be at the draft and training camp starts again and, and, and you wonder where again. all of these <laughs> months went. I'm hoping to jam in a vacation or two somewhere in there and sure. go find a beach, but... The next um, time I need you on the podcast, probably. Probably. <laughs> but the uh, off season's never as, as long as you think it's going to be and all of a sudden you hit these kind of milestones as you go and you're back, back to it again. Will we be seeing another season of Behind the R? I hope so. That's not... <laughs> I, I know that's not directly. It has your nothing purview, to do with me, and I like. I mean, jo- you know, you know how I feel about Josh O'Connor, who's our our, he's been our in video. Here. It was awesome. Yeah. Our video guru, and um, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff that you know that he's working on. Okay, I, I'm not entirely sure what I'm allowed to say yet. Uh, so okay. um, I don't. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, he's doing. He's the guy constantly. I think he's actually. He's been in California last, but having a little chill time, a little vacation himself. zone. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever Josh does is so good. <laughs> And he has such respect from the players and the staff for just how he has portrayed them and promoted them since he's been here. So whatever he does behind the R, another series or another, you know, just the clips that he like, it's all like, he's so good at what he does that, um, anyway, that was a long way of saying, just hold your horses and (laughs) we'll tell you when we can. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I'm curious then on, uh, take us over to the 67s. What's going on there? I know you will be spending your Wednesday with 15,000 10-year-olds out at Canadian Tire Center for the school day. That is one of those games when any team does it, the the pitch level of the cheering it's goes, unbelievable. It goes up quite a bit. Uh, it doesn't sound like an, your standard hockey crowd. It's it's much more squealy and high pitch. It's it's. <laughs> there's no pitch. Le- it's the craziest noise yeah. when there's that many kids from like, I don't know what it is, like great two to eight or whatever we whichever like there's all you know different schools and they pack that place and they're so loud and they're so into it i mean some of them are not they couldn't give a shit about hockey but they're the vibe not like, class fights, so it's a good fights are really popular <laughs> right 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 uh, the music's really popular and the, the the sends people and the the ctc people do a really great job for it too and um but yeah it's loud it's early yeah. Um, okay. Getting like anyone that works in the sports world like getting going for a 10 o'clock game or whenever it starts is a yeah, bit of a off your clock change a of perspective for how you kind of plan these things. But no, it's always a really good time, and um, kids love it. The schools love it, and it's loud as hell. And so I may need to you know make my headphones <laughs> my head louder next time I come in here. I can't help but notice that you walked in here without a 67's Red Blacks crossover jersey, which was fairly disappointing because they were pretty sharp. Uh, It's only because I haven't been in the office for like a week. (laughs) Uh, I'm not wearing anything branded right now. That's weird for me. I wasn't really worried about what you were wearing. I just wanted wanted one handed to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Those were really sharp. Uh, What else is happening around the team right now? What's coming up, um, you know, for the 67's? I know, you know, sometimes there's a a teddy bear toss thing kind of happening in December. Yeah, that'll come up. uh, Yeah. Yeah, in the next month, uh, I think Toy Mountain is getting all, all okay. that. That's all. I love the teddy bear toss. It's so silly, and <laughs> it it's really just is. like you see these kids like trying to whip stuffed bears at like players, and players are like they're kids too, right? So they're picking yeah. up these big teddy bears and wandering around getting pictures taken. The opposing team always hates it because it takes forever after <laughs> yes. you score that goal. Not only did um, we just get scored on, we now have to sit here. <laughs> yeah, we have to sit here for ten minutes <laughs> while you clean up all the bears. Santa comes out in the car and helps clean up. That's great. <laughs> Great time, yeah. It's yeah, you, you, it's it's real, and it's for a good cause. So that's hard to not hard to get into. Um, and team's then, off to a good start. Team is off to a really good start, and uh, named a captain this year in Luca Pinelli for the first time in a few years since Travis Barron was a captain of the sixty sevens, and he's off to a ridiculous start. He's leading the leading goals, and just like he took that captain thing and is just 
feeling Talk about it. leading by example and just a really he's one of those kids that when he came into the league into the league initially a couple years ago he's kind of shy like I mean, 16 kind of shy interviews you know not a lot of words being said and right. to see him and a guy like Brady Stonehouse kind of the same thing just kind of grow into these leadership roles where all of a sudden you put them in front of a microphone and they're holding court for 20 minutes and they're just that's what makes me proud and Brandon Mackey proud is the PR guys like you see these kids kind of grow it grow up with this team and suddenly they're chatty as hell I'm like remember when two years ago when I couldn't get you to say three words in camera now like even the reporters are getting like they're like that's enough like, yeah, well, we have what we need <laughs> so it's yeah it's a good it's a good team it's a, Dave I can't say enough about Dave Cameron as a coach in junior just a fascinating he's dude. been around he's seen everything right he, he knows he's so much fun he's yeah. the driest sense of humor yeah. I've ever seen on anybody <laughs> like especially young staff they when they first meet him they don't entirely know how to read him right away which he loves because He'll, like he warm you, you warm up to him really fast, but he'll he'll play with you a little bit initially yeah. when you meet him. You're like, what's this guy's deal? I'm like, I just everything he says is is he joking? Hilarious. I better give a yeah. smile, but don't laugh. He might no, not be joking. Just maybe maybe not this time. And then yeah, then our you know our, the rest of the crew and James Boyd, um, they're all signed to extensions now. Yan Agert, who's our our associate GM and and head scout, also so we've got these guys locked up. Um, you One never of your former boys there, Andre Turnier, doing pretty well down in Arizona of all places. Oh, they got off fair. to an okay little start. One eh? of my, another one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Tour. I mean, I miss him here. Like he was a he's an incredible coach. But you knew he was going off to the back to the show. Like he he's just that kind of guy. And, right. And Arizona's no easy. Well, no, it's not an easy style. He's got things. To me, they're a little ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like, to me, they're looking better than I sort of thought they would at this point. He'll still text me on my anything, birthday. But, yeah. He'll text me on my birthday still. Like, he's just a, he's just an outstanding dude. Like, you know why players would want to play for play for him. <laughs> he'll, he'll motherfuck you if you're not doing, like, <laughs> if you're not doing your thing. Like, he's not, you know, it's like Killer, like Brian Killeray was always like, a pl- like, everyone loves Killer, but like, if you weren't doing your job, like, you'd hear about it. You could be scary yeah, as hell. Yeah, so, coach, yeah. Yeah, so like, that's the, that, that kind of vibe. You know, it's so it's such a balancing act in junior hockey because you want to be a tough coach and get guys to win, but you're also dealing with teenagers and you don't want to ruin them forever. So, <laughs> um, we're we've been lucky that the the coaches we've had lately are really just they they understand that balance and and love coaching junior hockey. Uh, a couple other things I need to ask you about, but first we need to take a little break so I can grab myself another beer and, yeah. and we'll get resettled. We'll be back in a sec. Stay there. All right, we're back in. New point. Uh, I'm staying with the Vimy Brewing Company. This time, moving back to their uh, their Vimy Red, which is actually one of my favorite beers in town. Um, they make a really nice red, so I keep a couple of those tucked away for for when you're you know you're feeling something. Just I don't want to experiment anymore. I just want something I know I'm going to love. It's the Vimy Red, man. I like that. You, Vimy, you've been Vimy, into the Vimy a lot. Vimy yeah. does good things. Yeah, yeah, they do. They know their beer. Good old crack. Good old Oshawa boys. Big Jens fans. Ew. Ew. I know you don't love that. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, okay. Enjoy the rest of all the show the, by uh, yourself. All the compliments you were about to pay Vimy here. No, yeah. Fast back. They, they do make great beer, though, so I'll let that one slide. Yeah. I'm having this one in honor of Lever Sage. Okay. Um, because he, I guess he likes to brag that he loves craft beer and then comes over here and doesn't want any of your craft, delicious craft He's beer. He's looking for want fruit punch so, with 5% alcohol. So <laughs> in, in that vein, this is a strawberry blonde from... Brock Street, nice. Okay, company. down in Whippy. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've had this, and I I'm not against a fruit flavored as long as it's like beer. Yeah, it doesn't no, taste like I'm syrup saying. or juice. But 
I saw that in the fridge and remember your tweet about Lee and his beer choices. So I'm like, you know what? So this one's for you, Levert. I should let the, uh, the good listener in on a couple of uh, guests we got coming up. I've The first one will drop on, uh, I believe we'll drop this on Wednesday morning. And Ian from the Whippersnapper Brewing Company is going to be back in here. Yeah. You ha- may or may not have seen on social media, I placed a wager with him last week that did not go my way. Oh. This was Leafs versus Sens. Ha! And uh, he bet me six of his uh, his brewery's finest beers that obviously the uh, the Sens would beat the Leafs. And if they did, I would get, uh, or he would get to rummage through my special second fridge, the Matt's secret stash. Sounds kind of weirdly dirty when you say I that. I did kind of phrase it oddly. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. But I, this is a guy who knows how to drink a lot of beer. I'm worried about how this is going to go. Mm. Like... I sort of picture that Looney Tunes Tasmanian devil ripping through the fridge with just empty cans flying out from all directions. That scares me a little. Um, Remind me, that game, was it a tight victory for the Sens or did we, did we absolutely just destroy you guys in that one? It's really not important. Okay. Uh, so well, it's we, a we sports show. You don't want to get into specifics no, no, about the sports. N- sure, not that night. I don't know. Um, yeah, we can talk a little sense maybe in a, in a couple minutes here, but that's going to be fun. Ian McMartin's going to be back in here to, uh, to do that. So, We'll, we'll fire up the mics, see what he pulls out of my fridge, and and uh, that's going to be painful for me. But uh, it's fair and fair, or like fair's fair, right? He yeah. uh, They won. So uh, now you and I placed a Leaf Sends bet a very long time ago, and I never got my uh, my standee. Remember we did that? The uh, You kind of have to remind me. Is it, did it ever get to you? No? Okay. So, so this was Sends Leafs during that empty arena season. Oh, yeah. And they were doing all the, like, you could pay to put your picture or your logo on. Oh, like yes. That. Yeah, yeah. We did do that. Yeah. yeah. I never got it. I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I'm going to follow up. I had to pay like as the loser of the bet. Yeah. I think I think I might be wrong. That might have been the it was 5-1 game. It might have been. Um, but the Sens beat the Leafs. And so I paid to put a, a Tolkien audio yeah. standee in. Uh, and it existed. I just don't know what yep. happened to it. Okay. Well, you know what? I haven't gotten be, it by now. I'm going to be at CTC it. on Wednesday. You'll be looking for it. Like, going where's through the vault? Where's the vault? <laughs> um, we so, made a couple of good bets over the over the years. Yeah. A couple of good, you know, charitable charity donations. Ones, usually, and yeah. Beer, but, uh, beer, sure. Themed charity, yeah. Stuff, yeah. So when Ian's in here after he uh, goes, I'm going to keep using the word rummages because I, I do like the word rummages it in my fridge. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, he'll uh, we'll fire up the mics. We'll kind of. We'll talk to him a little bit about the brewery and uh, some hockey and whatever else and what he's what he's taking from me. So uh, look for that on Wednesday. <laughs> and on uh, Friday morning, our buddy Mike Comito is going to be back on the podcast. Right on. Mike has written a bunch of, uh, you've probably all seen him on Twitter with his Today in Hockey History tweets. Big fan. Big, great follow. He's a, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's written a couple books, Hockey 365, Hockey 365, The Second Period. And now, I know you'll be a big fan of this one too, Hoffley. Leafs 365, an entire book of... You can't see it right now, listeners, but I'm giving Matt the finger (laughs) across those... (laughs) Daily notes on the Leafs, and so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk to him about all kinds of things. As you say that, I'm looking up on your shelf here, and there's this book with a Leafs fan on the front, and it's called This Team is Ruining My Life. That's Steve Dangles. uh, Which is wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I love them is the second half of the title. Oh, I can't see that part. I need glasses. Fair enough. Uh, so that'll be Mike Comito on Friday. Stay tuned for all that. And uh, of course, Michaela Schreider, Vanessa Sanchez back on the podcast Screeds. next Monday. Screeds. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun as well. They will co-host the uh, the Monday morning show. 
Um, we got a few different places left I want to take you, but let you, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago the the fact that uh, PWHL Ottawa yeah. is moving in, um, and they will become uh, you know tenants at the. Uh, Yes, we don't own them, but they are playing out of the out of the building. Out of the building, very. What's what's really been excited. like trying to accommodate them? It, it's an old barn. There couldn't have been a whole lot of extra space for locker rooms. We had to and stuff we like had that. to evict two families of squirrels, three <laughs> raccoons. Uh, you were sleeping there at one point. I'm yeah. like, why are you here? Like, get the hell out. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's real. It's so exciting, and it's so they've done it. This has happened so fast. And it's been so impressive the way they kind of got their their ducks in a row. So we've been, you know, stadium wise, making building a new locker room for them, renovating some of our space before we get you know in a couple years from now this this new arena. And yeah, um, that's good. Like it's about time, and it's going to be a good time. This looks like it's going to be really well done, man. I, I don't know if you had much time to watch uh, their draft, but it looked legit. Like it was well produced. Like a top end sports TV program should look. Um, they've got good financial backing behind them, and I don't know. We've seen some leaks on what the team name might be. I'm sort of hit and miss on. I only on know, but the like I've seen the leaks too. I don't like that's you know you saw the list that came out of the names that they trademarked. Yeah, uh, they haven't announced them yet, yeah. but um, certainly seems that that that's maybe the direction they're going in. Yep. But um, yeah, just kind of seeing it all come together. And I I was skeptical at first, like not about the the product, just that when they said that this was happening. And that I was starting kind of now, like training right. camp starts this week. This I was like, "Come really fast! Who the hell can turn this around and get this kind of project?" And they have, and yeah. it's, uh, yeah, camp starts this week, and the draft was great. And we have a, a staff member that works at OSEG, Rebecca Leslie, who was unfortunately not drafted by Ottawa, but she was drafted by Toronto. She's a you know been oh, okay. a university hockey player and yeah. just awesome person and yeah. good hockey player, and she's so she's going to be joining them. Um, so just having that, you know, those kinds of connections, seeing the excitement with in that community, and people have been clamoring for a pro women's hockey team, and at, like it looks at, like at it's league in a long time, right. and they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, they're doing it. They're doing it the right way, yeah. and um, you know, the communication between us and them in terms of you know being the the landlords, I guess. Sure. I don't know, like we, <laughs> we, you know, good communication and just a lot of a lot of excitement. The, the head of communications. Uh, for the league used to be in comms for the OHL so someone else that I've known for a bit and hmm. um, I think it's be awesome I think it, like for uh, just speaking I'm for Ottawa our venue contact is, uh... <laughs> our venue TD place right now it, I mean it's old and it's going to get rebuilt because mm-hmm. um, Lansdowne 2.0 pass baby <laughs> um, but uh, it's a great spot to watch a hockey game and Anyone who's seen a 67s game or whatever other event we've had there knows that. And uh, having this team here, I think it's going to be, you know, they're going to draw great crowds. Uh, the team's going to be good. The players that are involved are, you know, just great high end. I really thought. Top of the top of the, you know, cream of the crop uh, hockey players. So it's going to be, it's going to be great. I really thought that, that this was the right place for them to be. Because people complain about the Senators, and they go because it's NHL hockey. But if I got a send, like if I'm a Sens season ticket holder, and I've got a Sens game on Tuesday night and a Sens game on Saturday night, no matter how good this new women's team is going to be, 
do I really in February again want to trek across town in the snow to Canadian Tire Center? Like, there's something about the location of TD Place that makes a team that's trying to establish itself and get up and going and, totally. and be central to the market to be right there and easy to get to with restaurants and everything all right around it, transit right there. Like, to me, and they can aspire to the bigger arena, right? Like, sure. if it's successful, and I assume it will be. You, but you to- want to go that way, right? Like, you you want to you want to titrate up. You're like you don't want to start with the biggest place if possible. If they draw seven thousand a night, which would be fine to start, right? Like if that's sort of where at TD, that'll pack. The that's place. killer. Yeah, it, but it feels shitty at a twenty thousand seat NHL arena, 100%. even if it's a really good crowd. You know, it, this place looks half empty. It doesn't feel big time. So no, this you, start at a place that you can draw a good crowd into and feel like it's a hot ticket. Yeah, and then aspire forward to grow from there. And that was, I think. That was the league's philosophy, from what I can tell. Like they, none of them are. I don't. I don't believe any of them are in NHL. Not regularly. No, uh, facilities. Be. But so they wanted to go to the more like the junior arenas because it. Yeah, you want when you kick this off, hell, like a seven thousand person crowd for any most sports. It's killer. It's great, and so and to be able to have a place feel like it's full for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do that consistently, consistently, then hell yeah! Like you never know what's going to happen. To you know, if the Sens end up building a new rink sure. downtown, and this team's drawing like crazy, then then you know, I, it's so new, and they have so many options. But I think you know, opening night at TD Place when you're going to have that place packed for for something that's you know, it's a kind of an iconic moment for sports and women's 100%. sports, but sports like yeah. in general, just because it's it's so long overdue. That uh, I think got my tickets on. You couldn't buy tickets, but when the draft happened, you could put your yeah your money forward to hold a spot in at the front of the line. And so went ahead and did that. Looking forward to it. I'm curious. I know this isn't necessarily your job at OSEG, but has there been much talk about the logistics of it? Like uh, TD Place also hosts concerts and mm-hmm. other events, and you got the 67s as the primary tenant. Like in terms of practice time and how this is all going to work and, and pair off, has there been? Any challenges thus far that you're aware of? No, we just put a lot of work into it. The 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 calendar work that everyone does, and the, even before this this PWHL team has arrived, it, we, you know, you have the soccer team, you have the basketball team, yeah. you have concerts, you have hockey, you've got football. Not always going at the same time, sure. but you. So yeah, the calendar work is huge, and when you're planning the schedule for the Red Blacks, you give you know we all share dates, and like you know we've got this booked for this concert on this date, so we don't want to have a you know, a game on the same day, ideally, or a hockey game on the same day as the concert. You can't do that. So sure. there's an insane amount of work that goes with with scheduling stuff to make sure that everyone's got their their time, their practice time, yeah. and their game time, and that every and that and we make sure that we don't kill the stadium ops crew that has to convert <laughs> the surface for all these different things. So it's a lot of work, but they do it really well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having this year, man. I, I this I, I'm treating this, and I've said it on the podcast before. I'm treating this like the Red Blacks, where I'm not like I was never when I moved up here. You weren't going to be able to get me to switch from the Leafs to the Sens. It was just too ingrained. The rivalry was too big, right? It was never going to happen. Wah, wah. But I found myself willing to move from the Argos to the Red Blacks, and I think part of it was because the Red Blacks were just starting. They weren't a thing yet, and you couldn't be accused of being a front runner, right? Like, yeah. no, this is an expansion team. It's probably going to stink for a while. It didn't stink for as long as. People thought it might. Um, they got off and going great quickly. Cup and, yeah, great cup exactly. appearance in year two. Right. Not too bad. So, um, but I felt like this is my new home. Like, I'd like to be a fan of at least one of their their teams. 
and this feels like that to me and that I don't have to abandon anything else. Like this is up and running in my hometown. I was surprised Ottawa was one of the first six markets. I think a lot of people were, but I'm excited for it to arrive, man. Yeah. And we were the same way. Like we knew as you know, the, the kind of behind the scenes conversations leading up to it, we knew that, and I, you know, my bosses knew before me, but I, sure. at a certain point I was told that we had, they hadn't decided which markets they hadn't put it out, which markets were getting the teams yet, but we knew that if they picked us, yeah, picked Ottawa, it was, they were going to play at a TD place. So I was, you're just kind of waiting for a bit and, you know, cause you know, if Ottawa gets it, that's your, you know, sure. We're, they're coming here, which is suit was so exciting. So yeah. when they, they announced that, um, yeah, it's neat. I just, you know, we've got such a kind of well-rounded sports and entertainment experience there right now with the different teams and the, and the shows we bring in. And, um, you know, once the, the redevelopment of part, you know, the, the new event center there and, and the arena happens like just it's going to be even more so and in terms of being able to bid on even more prestigious and, and bigger events so sure. there's you, everyone likes you know playing there and the teams are good and yeah, well, we, the, the nightlife part fun. of it right like for yeah. fans to be in the area and nice to come down have a couple drinks or a dinner or whatever and yeah. head off to do the rest of your friday or saturday night thing from there is an easy takeoff point it's uh I think this is going to be a really good fit. So can't wait to get, to get that up and going. I've asked you, uh, or I've forced you thus far to hold off on your sends talk. But as we sit here right now, they have arrived in Stockholm and they're going to play two games over there. Historically, uh, or at least the last time they went, they played okay in Sweden. It was when they got home got from back Sweden. and absolutely sewered the rest <laughs> of the season. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. What do you think of the Sens thus far this season, where they're at? They did just win two out of three before heading over there. So that kind of cooled off some of the, I would think, the pitchforks that were out for, for some people. But what do you think of the team performance thus far? They caused me a tremendous amount of inner turmoil and stress. <laughs> <laughs> you understand that as a Leafs fan. I'm very familiar with that um, phenomenon. Man, it's so, I feel like, I really do feel like they're so close yeah. to being like, kind of where they should be but not quite there yet and i'm still not sold on the goalies Hmm. i'm i love brady as a captain yeah love him like i haven't bought a i don't think i've ever had a personalized sense jersey and that might be the one when i finally do i'm not not like a big like merch guy guy, like but i can tell you didn't but (laughs) didn't bring bring you up shit but i like (laughs) the the right things are and there was so much momentum coming into the season like you're you're you know Great new ownership, um, and Lauer's press conference the other day when they when they got rid of Dorian and fiery. And just, it was awesome. You never see us an owner speak that well and frankly and just kind of like on the nose and like yep. that's this is what I feel. So I'm gonna tell you. Know, you. you know that guy got a phone call when that was over. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't get fought. And, and you know, good on good on him. Yep. Like it's let's change, no, that's how he feels. Let's, change, let's change the atmosphere here. Let's yeah. let's show the fans that. Like not only did I spend a, almost a billion dollars to buy this team, but I'm actually committed to this shit, and I want this to to work. And it's not just right; it's not just an investment. Like he wants this team to be good, which is refreshing as hell. <laughs> um, and and you know, bringing back you know, bringing Alfie back into the mix, bringing other alumni back in you know various roles, and just kind of correct like righting the wrongs that have been. And easy ones, like there's so much low-hanging fruit of things they could do well just by reversing the course of what had been happening for yes. the last few years. And they've done that. So so going into the season, you're like everything is going right. And then just not quite there yet. And they're a little bit jacked. So what's missing? <laughs> well, because I'll be honest with you. I, 
I wasn't sure they'd make the playoffs this year, but I expected they'd get off to a better start than this. Yeah. And we've talked about it over and over. The starts have been a problem for a while, and I didn't really expect them to stumble out of the, the gate this year. And it hasn't been as bad as, as some years, but there was all that positive momentum coming into it. And I looked at it, and I looked at that top four defense, and I went, it's going to be pretty good. And I looked at, you know, you get Norris back in there, there was some controversies overstating it, but when he was going to play, right, yeah. it took a while to get back in there. I looked at that top six, and then the Pinto thing sneaks up. You and don't see the Pinto thing happening. No. You know, he'd be nice to have, and yeah. he, and they will have him eventually. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not a big goalie tandem fan. It's one of those things where if, you, if you're out there saying we have two number one goalies, yeah, it's because you don't have I wanna, one. <laughs> I want a fucking star goalie <laughs> right. that stands on his head every night. And I'd like Forsberg and Corp. Not bad goalies, but I nope. just... I think you I think you need something else there and like I don't know you probably just needed like another top line winger to yeah score 40 goals a year but they're close and I, I don't one like doing it in Detroit this I don't year, like the sh- <laughs> supposed to do it here. he's getting there he got off to a really good start but he's yes, kind of they've kind of all they've, yeah. yeah they've all kind of come back to earth in that team but and I don't like to shit on coaches just because what I do for a living um but I don't know it's hard to tell with with DJ and what Yep. You know how that the players seem to like him, but yep. they also kind of have to say that. Um, but they do seem. I, like, get, I tend to. Believe I don't. Them. I don't get the vibe there that he's lost the room. No, I don't either. And which is a which is a, it's kind of a cliche. He's lost the fan. It's kind of a cliche <laughs> expression, but like yeah. the coach having the room is a thing, and it's a huge thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the problem, but they gotta. They gotta find some other gear and. Yeah, they've got some bad luck. You know, Shabbat's been out. You've got some other couple of other, like Zub was hurt. Right. Branstrom was out. Yeah. So that doesn't help, but no. it's not, it's not everything. They just got to find a. Well, Shabbat, yeah. It's, do, do these games in Sweden do anything for you as a fan? Like, or would you rather they be back? Like, sometimes it's kind of cool midday and it I don't care. Setting. I don't no. care in the least. No. I, I think it's great. I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea of like watching like a two o'clock game. And sure. Yeah. Like, that's great. But. It doesn't change anything for me as a fan. I'm also not Swedish. <laughs> I, I know, like for like the like the players it's that true, are Swedish and their fans. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's a huge thing, and like it, that must be awesome to go back. And I don't, but I don't know if it does anything for the NHL in terms of. It's too scatterbrained. Yeah, right? like there's no consistency to it. There's no understanding of like, well, this year we'll be getting games in, you know, Finland or excuse me, or in Prague, or, like, it's just sort of, ah, we'll show up in some markets yeah. sometimes with it a couple of teams. It makes sense more for me to do it in the preseason. I don't know that every but it, guy's but as a love flying fan, across cares, the, then? like, yeah, but I think if you're, like, a, a just a regular sense player, I don't know that you're loving having to go on an international trip. Six time zones away. So, like... And, the NFL's and, doing it. Yeah. No, you gotta do it. But that's one a week. You have to explore that as, you know... Yeah. Like they're never they're not going to do. I don't like European it either. expansion like, or whatever. No. That doesn't make any sense. But you get and you have to explore stuff and you ha- and and that's great. But, but, but you got to find a way for it to. I was going to say matter. I, I don't know what the the you got to find a way that like they understand why it's coming and like there's a little mini tournament or something. Yeah. Like there's got to be a reason to go over there instead of just well here's some teams and you, you guys are going this year and it'll be somebody else next year and they'll go to a different city. Like, yeah, just and when you start watching the game, like when I sit down to watch the game, like first one on Thursday afternoon or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm two minutes in. I'm gonna forget that they're in Sweden. Like it's just gonna be. I'm gonna be watching it on TV. They're gonna remind you. That might actually. That's a good point. <laughs> but like, it's not something. No. You, I'm gonna be like, oh, this I'm just game cheering in for Sweden my team. Is so yeah, good. I just no, want I... just win a blood. Just win the game. <laughs> like that's all 
That's all I want. You but play I, to win the but game. But people that have, you know, there's people that have a vested interest in it. And like yeah. if you're a Swedish kid and you've been a fan of, you know, Alfie your whole life because he's a legend there and you see this yep. team come and he's there, like, that's that's awesome. Would it be a nice moment for Eric Branstrom, for your Win- William Nylanders yeah. and your Lucas Raymonds? No, and, that, that'd like, be a huge thrill for them. Yeah. But I just don't think it's moving the needle in I don't the either. For I don't a, either. A, a, anyway, like I don't think it's doing them a disservice. I just don't think you're getting... A huge benefit out of it. I, I do like the way that it's all been set up over there, and we've already talked about it on the pod, but like neither of Toronto's two games over there are home games because the league wasn't prepared to give those away. Toronto home games make a bunch of money, and that stuff gets split 50-50 with the PA and goes towards the Caps. So they're like, no, those will be road games for the Leafs because we're not giving up. And also, Toronto and Ottawa are both going over. They're not facing each other because Ottawa would also say when we Toronto, when Toronto yeah. comes here... That's a big night for us financially, right? Yeah, if so, it was up to me, I'd be sending Toronto to play in, I don't know. I don't want to offend any other random like, city or country. Like, just, yeah, Siberia is good. Everyone makes fun of Siberia. Right. That's would be it. And they would just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Right. Um, yeah, no. I, I, there's a part of me that thinks it's kind of cool, but I just wish there was some sort of strategy to it yeah. or it made some sense as to why you were doing this other than just, well, there are hockey fans there. Don't well, get me wrong. If you want to send me to Sweden, like, yeah. and to watch Sens game, like, send me, you know. Sure. If the 67s are going to do a... But yes, yes. You heard it here, here <laughs> first. The 67s are going to be playing a European half season next year. Yeah. Mackie's uh, not getting that trip. Ma- That's Mackie, a Hoffley trip. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's interesting, man. I, I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, you're like, these are countries that already like hockey, so you're not really selling anything extra. Well, they have uh, Swedish meatballs at the game. Like we do golden palace egg rolls here. Do you think that's like the, the thing? IKEA center? That's more what I'm interested <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, I think not. I'll, I'll tell you a really gross story. I was over in, uh, in Malmo, Sweden, went to see a Malmo. I think the team's called the Red Hawks. Ooh. It was a Swedish Elite League game. And um, when Malmo skates out onto the ice, like most NHL arenas, the lights are down and there's booming techno music or whatever. Sure. And when their opponents skated out, they played the chicken dance. Yeah, so they had a little fun with that. But we got a, went over to the uh, the concession, got a hot dog, and uh, brought it back to my seat, sat down. You kind of take that first bite into it, and it just deflated. Oh. Like, it, from that. That day forth. Why? For our, for what our, was it? Was just like an no empty idea. hot dog Basically, casing? I, I, Jesus. I, Swedish hot dog. I mean, we, we were calling it the pus dog for the rest oh. of the night. <laughs> but, okay, it, folks, it, yeah, beware of your Swedish gross. hot dogs yeah. if you're there for the Sense series. Right, exactly. Oh, look at that. We're calling it the Sense series. Have you ever, been, have you ever been sued by a whole country before <laughs> from their, their hot well, dogs? Well, just their hot dog manufacturers. <laughs> look, don't serve me a Tall pus can dog. Audio is being <laughs> sued by Sweden. Yeah, well. I don't know what to tell you, man. True story. That'd be worth it. Yeah. But if you'd have taken a good team over there, like, well, maybe this year's 67s right. at the time. No, no, no. I'm not even, I'm over the dog thing. But like the London Knights at the time would have beaten that Swedish elite league team, like the, the Malmo Red Hawks. Like that was sort of the level of, it, the hockey was fine, yeah. but it wasn't anywhere near NHL caliber uh, that you're seeing. So anyway, it was. I'm going to do a road trip to Belleville soon to see the B-Sense play. I haven't ever seen them play. So my, two of my buddies you know my boy I, footy? What's that? David Foote. You know him? My bo- no. Went to, oh, he's the, uh, uh, I think he's PR now in for the Belleville Sens. He was calling games, doing their play-by-play, but now he works for the organization. Can I anyway. just hit him up for tickets yeah, then? Or? probably should. <laughs> Good no, dude. we're going to stay a night. We're going to hotel. Yeah. 
Gonna go see the sights. I'm a hitch down. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Belleville uh, lo- loyalist college well, alumni. Yeah, there we go. It'll be a good I'll time. Show you the, I can tell you where the go-go is. Show anyway. us. <laughs> <laughs> also very close to that college. I've actually been already the informed go-go. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in the afternoon. Uh, anything else you wanted to hit on before we roll uh, wrap up here today, man? No, not particularly. I... I am really excited about the six, the 67 season. So if you haven't been to a game recently, yeah. come to the barn. We've only got like maybe a year or two left of this old barn before we make it a new one. And then is the most likely scenario that you guys will be back out to Canadian Tire Center? No, no, no. We're going to build the, the new rink's going to get built while we're still using the old one. Oh, really? And so then they can do, once that's done, they can transfer over to that and then we'll knock down the the North stands on the rink and rebuild those. So there's not going to be any disruption to, okay. the, to the teams there. I had it. no idea. Yeah. So that, cause it did not work well when we did that the first time. No. The, it was tough. really tough on the same reason days. I said about the, the PWHL. Not, yeah. It's, it's, it's no, tough. they're there. We've renovated, you know, they've got rooms there and like a dedicated team space. And then when the new rink is built, uh, everyone will kind of slide over there and then we'll, you know, knock bid down. a fond farewell to the, <laughs> Family of wildlife. You gotta need to bid on who gets like to park Omega in there. Somebody do the uh, the Wiley Coyote press on the dynamite. <laughs> or whatever. I want to. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's gonna be phased in, and then they'll build the stands, the new stands, and the new rink, or the new stands mm-hmm. after the new rink's built, and then they'll build the the two condos on top of that. So it's it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a. It's gonna process, be loud but... down there. You know, know how the people in the Glebe love loud. They uh, they're all very understanding. Yeah, no, that's interesting, man. I had no idea. I assumed there would be like major disruption for at least a year or two. I mean, there's, it's still going to be a construction sure. site, so there's yeah. going to be some, but the team's, the whole goal is to minimize. What's the other one out in Gatineau? The Yum Center? The, the Slush, Santa Slush Puppy. Santa Slush Puppy. It's great. It's actually, I, I've been to, I, we played there in the playoffs yeah. re- last year, and it's, it's a nice, nice spot. Yeah. Our new one's going to be nicer, but yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap this one up here then, man. I, uh, as always, I appreciate you coming in and, uh, and doing this. It's always good to catch up with you. And, and you know, it, it, early on, you stood in there, took some shots, right? The Red Blacks fans are, they've had a rough couple of years. They're doing their best. They're, they're hanging with you. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming in and answering some tough questions questions we're, on that. We're working on it. And 100%. we love our fans. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get back to where we need to be. 100%. Always good to see you, buddy. You too, man. Thank you so much for coming in and having a couple pints and not complaining about them. It was, it was tough. <laughs> it's a tough. It's a tough decision to make. It really is. Would you like to come and just talk about a bunch of shit and have some have beers? Some beers. All right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with that, we'll wrap things up. Don't forget on Wednesday, this one will be tough. You're gonna watch someone else drink my beers. Uh, more of them than I want to see disappear from my secret stash. That'll be Ian McMartin from the Whippersnapper Brewing Company. That'll be fun. But he won fair and square. Sends one fair and square. It's uncomfortable for me to say that. Uh, and then later in the week, Mike Comito from uh, author of Hockey 365 and now Leafs 365. So stick around for all of that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. For Chris Offley, my name's Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.